All right, welcome back. This is our, I guess, our third episode together, but this is part two of a conversation we just did at the end podcast saying it's a kingdom dialogue. So we're gonna have conversations about all things in the kingdom. That's right. Looking forward to, I'm supposed to ask the questions, but you said this time you wanted to ask me a question. So I, yeah, go I just ahead. had a quick question just to yeah. clarify before we yes. get going, but like in the Bible, in Isaiah 11 and okay. Isaiah 65, it mentions the, in the millennial right. reign, the wolf and the okay. lamb okay. will we'll lay down. I mean, there's going to be peace. In the, I mean, we're, we're all into the end times. Right. We're into, we want to see Christ come back. We want to see the fullness. We're trying to live out the age to come. Yet I saw on Facebook where your family <laughs> had gone on a mass deer slaughter <laughs> right. up in the Hillsborough five, area. Five of them. Five of them. It was like a mass murder of deer. Right. I just My wondered, daughter, my son. I'm just wondering how you live with yourself and I know. how you work that out. How do you work that out? Well, I didn't shoot one this time. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that is an interesting... But I, your spawn did. Your yeah, spawn the, did a lot of... Yeah, the question is, I think that we've been kind of wrestling through this, is what does it mean to subdue, reign, and rule? Mm. And yet we're in an age of peace, but we're not in the age of peace. We're in an age of war. Mm. And right now, and so, you know, maybe a further question is though, you do eat beef, right? Mm. And so, so, I mean... That's really good. So you're saying until the millennial reign, it's okay to have the animal bloodlust. I just wonder. Just slaughter everything and eat it. Yeah, I mean, the question is, would you rather go eat beef that's been slaughtered in Garden City? Right. Matt, you know, right. <laughs> or would you rather naturally harvest your own deer? Right. I mean, that I feel like we're way off topic. Yeah. Here, so are. sorry about so, that. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna keep talking. Listen to the the one we just talked. We went through lots of Bible about this issue of sonship, mm -hmm. and really, we're just saying stay in. Another way to say stay in step with the Spirit. That's right. That's exactly doing it. what That's the good. Father. This is something you've modeled, and so we're going to talk about an awesome story that happened at Equip. But before we do, let's talk about this word, lab time. Okay. So where did you learn lab time? Yeah. What is it? So give us quick what you do at Equip, and then get to lab time. But I want to hear where that. How did you get that word? And yeah. So what you're referring to is that on Saturday nights we have an Equip meeting at Christ Church at 5:30, and um, we'll have it'll look like a normal service, I guess, in many regards with. With worship and uh, prayer, and we do we do quite a bit of missions, uh, international and whatever. But and then we'll have a word that we are ho hopefully equipping and, and blessing, and teaching people. But maybe the unique thing about uh, Saturday nights is what is we'll have a lab time. So that's a, a word I'm using. Some people might call that ministry time, but we'll we'll use that like you think about being in a college class. You've got a lecture and then a lab, and we want to actually practice what we preach. Not that it's always the exact same theme, but we. We want to take time on that night. We have quite a few people uh, from multiple churches, shepherds and saints and staff members that come and participate with that. So we want to take some time intentional at the end to practice what we've done or primarily how to move in ministering in the spirit, listen to the spirit um, and training people, not just telling them to do that, but we want to model that with some examples. I probably, the genesis of this for me was the vineyard. Okay. Um, the vineyard early days, uh, John Wimber yes. had this as a practice uh, where they would uh, do the service, do the worship, do the teaching, and then they would ask for the spirit to come in a non-hyped up, right. very relaxed, but spirit come, and they would pray over the sick, pray uh, for deliverance for people, uh, for various needs, emotional, all that kind of thing. It was very loving, very 
very, as an evangelical, it was very appealing to me. Yeah. But it was a brand new thing. All I'd known as a Baptist, which I love my Baptist traditions, but was an altar call, an altar call for salvation at the end. I'd never seen someone walking out, listening to the Spirit, and let's see where this goes. And you didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, and you were just trying to respond to that. And while you were doing it, you were equipping. So we do that. That's what we do. It's a real high value for me. And I think some people, it's some of their favorite times of, of our nights. Because so. we're going off script. Wasn't, didn't John Wimber say doing the stuff? Doing the stuff. Yeah, and, which he meant we're going to try to do what Jesus did and train. And yeah. he, I'm not sure. He might have used lab time. I don't think he did. Some other phrase. But it was trying to practice what we preach and train people in a context. Because a lot of people, you can just tell them what to do. But it's, it's great and to you do it everywhere you go, not just on Saturday night, right? Right, That's right. A- if we teach on the gifts or grace gifts or other things and teachings, I like to always have a time where we're waiting on the Spirit. So normally, mm-hmm. five to ten minutes, right? Fifteen minutes. Right, About to, yeah, anywhere from five to fifteen minutes at the end of our service. You've been doing it since 2011 or yeah. even longer? Yeah, intermittently. We're doing it much more. 2004, yeah. We do some of it there, but been yeah increasingly through the years. Okay, so let's talk really fun story. And we want to tell the story, but I'm going to actually, I want to, I would love to hear your process. So um, a great story that happened, basically God interrupted. And so you didn't preach a sermon that night. So I want to, when did you first start wondering, I don't know that I'm going to preach the sermon. Was that at a quip? Was it in the prayer even during the day? When did that first in your heart think, I don't know that I'm preaching this sermon? Well, um, again, this last Saturday night you're yeah. referring to, and um, it was something happened that's happened a few handful of times, but I get up to, we do the worship, we do the missions, it's time to preach. And I'm there looking. I started suspecting it a little during worship in okay, my heart. Okay, so not earlier. No, no. I had, um, you know, it's Christmas, and I was, I have this thing, it's in my heart about the Holy Spirit and yeah. angels and the advent of the Lord. I'm so excited about it. I talked about Zachariah and Elizabeth last week and John the Baptist. This week was Mary. I mean, it's right. the story, story of the Holy Spirit overshadowed. I had four pages of what I felt like was good stuff. I'd prayed through the week. I'd meditated on it. I got it ready. My slide people were ready to go in the back to do it so we can teach it well. And um, I started suspecting at the meeting. Um, I went there excited to preach it, but I started feeling a little different about it. And so I get up and you saw what happened. I'm looking at it and I can't go forward in that and we shift. Yeah. And so I watch you a lot. I mean, that's part of, I love, I'm learning. I think we are. And, and often, and other times you've, you've shifted and then you have, you've had a second word. It's actually roared for your heart. That was not the case. You actually paused for a while. Mm-hmm. What, were you nervous? I don't know if you're, are you aware of us? Or are you actually just saying, I'm, I can't worry about that because sons are with the father. Yeah. So talk, I mean, what's going on for two or three minutes? You put your hand on your head, you're praying. I'd love to know, Yeah. help us learn how you're a, being a son in that moment in front of 150 people. Yeah, so that's, that is the big deal. Is, yeah, when you've got hundreds of people there and you're just kind of like trying to do this, some of it has to do with times gone by. I used to worry more about how I looked, you know, and now I'm not as worried about it. And I've got some faith that the moment, me struggling to walk in sonship is actually a sermon in itself. And so, um, so, and I would say this is not normative, right? Just, but you know, it's not normative, but it is always an option. So what's happened is I get up there and I'm, um, and I look at my notes and what's, what's going on during the whole service is I'm listening. I'm, I'm hope I'm doing that through the day more is I'm listening to the spirit and sensing, if you will, I, I don't want to say the word feeling, I'm sensing his 
presence, his, the momentum of that I'm in step with him, whether I'm at home or working or, or meeting with someone in discipleship. I'm doing it right now while we're yeah. in the podcast. Right. Is it's by life that I'm here and I sense that the Lord's here in this presence. So there's me being in a physical yeah. situation where body, soul, and spirit. I'm physically being here. Yeah. I'm in my soul yeah. being here emotionally and mind-blown emotions, but I'm also a spirit man and the Holy Spirit's in me and I'm walking in the abiding life. And that's led mostly by peace and by a sense of that, that momentum or presence, if you will. It's hard to describe peace and joy. And so I get up there and I, I, I don't sense that peace. On the sermon or yeah, on what? I'm on life? the sermon. On the sermon. No, I'm, I'm looking there. I feel great being with the body that night. We'd had a great worship, great missions. I'm looking at it knowing I've got a good, solid word here. And I don't feel, I'll say this word, I don't feel any wind under it. Now, that sounds a little feely, and I want to be careful about it. But what I mean is I don't feel that momentum, that push, that agreement in my inner man. As I look at that, it almost feels empty. A word that I'd meditated on multiple times, the Mary and the glorious story of the spirit on her. I'm looking at it going, and I just, I feel no agreement, no movement in my heart and faith. That's the word. I didn't feel faith to step forward. Anything not from faith is sin. And we move by faith by the leading in the word of the Lord. So when I've sensed that now, I know I've, yeah. I've pushed through that a few times in the past years. And God will still move. Right? Yeah, he'll still, still in move. In spite of us. Yeah, it's... in spite, but it's very unfulfilling, not as fruitful. Yeah. When I just busted through that wall and just did whatever, yes. I thought we got to preach sermon. Yeah. I've got sermon. They're saying they wanted to hear sermon. I do sermon. Well, I'm glad to be beyond that. <laughs> as I said earlier in the other session, Jesus didn't wake up every day going, I've got to be Messiah. Right. What would a Messiah do today? He would cast out three demons and heal sick right. four, right. Heal four right. sick people. He didn't do that. He walked. He woke up uh, saying hello to the Father, work, walking in the Father through the day and sensing where the Father wanted to be. And it often frustrated the disciples who thought often, we're on to something. The whole village is gathered. Many people are growing, but he wasn't into success or failure. He was into doing what the Father was doing. So that has happened in my inner man, and my greatest fulfillment is doing what the Father's doing. So when I'm there, I'm like, I'm sensing he's not doing this now. Why is that? Why did, did I hear wrong in the week? Did I, I don't have time to figure all that out. So you just stopped. I'm you? in the moment. I stopped. I told, I kind of mentioned to everyone, I need to pray. I did it. I paused. It was an awkward pause. Um, people don't know what's going on, though enough people have been around. Yeah. They've seen, I think, an anticipation grows. Brock McKay, our friend, yeah. starts raising his hand and getting excited because these are his favorite moments. And some people told me that, and I try not to take it personal that they, you know, about my preaching. Right. But um, anyway, I pause. I wait. No direction, no direction. Sometimes I'll get another passage. Something will pop in my heart. But nothing. Nothing. So I wait a little longer. I, I lift up. I describe there by what's going on. And I tell them why I'm doing it. And... Make a case for sonship again. And I'm going to be a son here, not a preacher. And so then I pause again and I wait. And then finally I feel led to go step down yes. off the stage onto the ground where the people are. And there's people this way and this way. Yeah. And I'm trying to discern what the Lord's doing, still thinking I might hear something. And what I did, if you remember, is I started explaining. Yes. Sonship, right? I'm walking out sonship the best I know. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I am not going to do a religious duty right now and just preach a sermon. I want to do what the Father's doing, and I have a sense that he's doing something different. So I proclaimed that for like three, four minutes, right. really strong, and how it was important in the body of Christ we do this, not only on services, but in our days, and proclaim some of the principles we did in the other sessions. 
session. Um, and then I paused again, and then a growing attention and awareness grew in my heart toward a man that was okay. setting the congregation. Yep, so you go over, we, and you've done this, yes. you know, we've watched that, but never actually during it, I, as long as I've seen, I've never seen it actually interrupt a sermon. Yeah. So you go over there. Mm-hmm. And you knew the young man, right? I did not know him. So you didn't know him. Well, it, found, it turns out we had met one time but, briefly in the foyer, but, you didn't but know I didn't know him. Okay, so you go up, get his name. Mm-hmm. His name turned out to be Jacob. Yes. And so you just I mean, initially shared some words, walked through kind of initial what happened. I just described to everyone and to him. because I'm him. I could do this alone with him, but there we are in a quipping meeting. There's a lot of people there, and so I'm I'm feeling like I've got to I describe what's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm being drawn over to this man. I do the thing. Have we met? He said maybe once, barely. What's your name? I don't know his name. Jacob, and it's Lacey, his wife. And I said, and well. she's instantly crying. I mean, she's there, instantly starts she getting was. moved. He's showing a little bit of his, but I start describing, okay, well, Jacob, I feel drawn to you in this crowd of people. I feel drawn to you when I'm supposed to be up there preaching a sermon. I'm trying to make it a little bit yep. funny. And um, I said, actually, during worship, I looked over and was drawn to you. I was looking back at the crowd, looking who was here, and then looked forward and was worshiping. But I, my, my eyes and heart were drawn to you earlier, and now here I am again, and I feel very drawn to you in this moment. So I'm going to step forward by faith, and I literally physically walked over toward where he was in the crowd, um, in that, into his section, and began to, um, to speak to him and have a dialogue with him. So you do, and yeah, again, she's, there's presence right from the beginning. Right. There's something going on, you speak a word, and then I think you went around, but then at some point you gave these words, and then it was interesting. You said, um, do you have anything you want to say? And he was crying a little bit. I think there was some emotion. Right. He says there's something to say. What did he respond back? He says, and I got my mic down so everybody could hear him because they were spread out across the room, and he, and he said, um, I prayed specifically while he was crying. I prayed specifically that you would speak to me tonight in the meeting to confirm a call that a ministry I've been, calling a ministry calling that I really been struggling with. And I said, "Well, brother, you are in the middle of a divine appointment." And there was a faith was growing praying. in the room, a ripple of, you know, people were enjoying the process and beginning to pray and watch that all of a sudden the center of the equipping was around this moment. And so I start coming to my heart. I think I might have prayed. Yes. Then I'm saying the word, you know, Jacob, your name. Yes. And, and it's powerful in the Bible how Jacob shifts to Israel. Right. And there's a there's an identity shift. Yeah, this is a, Jacob means that supplanter lie. You know, it doesn't have to mean that for a person, but but it can. But in the Bible, he he changes to Israel, Prince of God, yeah. one who's overcome. And I'm just kind of trying to encourage him as I'm doing. I can see his wife's crying more, and he's stir. He's beginning to be moved. And then I paused again, and this is always a risky deal. <laughs> but I felt in sonship. I was to pause, and I'm pausing a little bit, and then yeah, far across yes. on the other side of the room, a long bearded man, Alan Vanderkalk, who Goes we love. Israel. Goes to Israel, prays with us, has done a ton of prayer in our area, stands up and says, Sam, Sam, can I say something? And this is now a risk. We're, right. we're in faith, are we? I have we? no idea what he's going to say, but we're in a moment. I'm trying to lead a, group, yes. a crowd into a moment of sonship uh, by obeying myself yeah. in the middle of that. He speaks up, and you remember what he said? Yeah. He said, all over today, so he's really deeply connected with the Israeli people, right. and he says, all over, in synagogues, they're reading the story of when Jacob went to Israel. Right. The name change, right? They're reading that story all over. Talking about the identity change. As he began to speak that, that young man had already been crying, starts leaning weeping. over, shaking, weeping. 
and his wife is very touched. Multiple people are beginning to be touched as he's having this moment about his identity. And so I took that back, prayed it, obeyed, felt like I was supposed to pray what Alan had said over him. And as we did it, there was just that real strong sense of agreement and faith as we affirmed he was having a moment and that I just felt in my heart that God was setting his identity. His identity was being set like Jacob's was to Israel so that he could go do that with other people, so that he would be an identity setter. And so I said those kinds of words over him. Those are not directives for him or he has to do. I said, you need to, ch- we usually yeah. do, you need to test this and pray the Lord, but this is our sensing. And, and he just, again, was having a powerful, powerful yeah. moment. So as I was praying and thinking about it, it was interesting. Obviously, you were being clearly led by the Lord. But you were, this was a moment that might shift the destiny of a young man. Right. And you were picking up something actually that's happening in, in the nations right now with that scripture. You didn't know that. No. You hadn't read that. You're not right. connected, understand what's going on in the synagogue. So I just thought, I, I really felt like I don't, something could have been shifted in the destiny of a young man. And what I hope is in a group, and I encourage those that, not everybody has to do that, but um, is that that may have happened to some other people in that room. That it's like a domino, you know, right. when you move in sonship, yes. it begins to move stuff in the spirit realm. I don't know how all that works. And sometimes it can be Pharisees that are mad at you. You right. know what I mean? Or people, it doesn't, the responses, I don't know, but it begins to move something. It's like tipping a domino and there they go. And so there were so many people after talking about what had began in them. They either had some burden for Jacob, but a lot of them had burden in themselves because the Lord was speaking about identity to everybody in that room. So we moved out of that and I went around and we began to pray for another couple yeah. on the completely other side yeah. that are in a shift in ministry yeah. and in their life and identity issues. Then we went over to another young man who ministered to Muslims. We did the same kind of thing, took him through the process. Somebody had a word for him of encouragement. Yeah. He was just blown away, just a young, hungry young man yeah. from a very conservative church here in town, and uh, but was there because he loves learning how to be led by the Spirit in a gentle, biblical way, yeah. which is what we're trying to do. So Yeah, and there's probably a lot we could explore around this this gift how to do it well what's one just if somebody's listening and they're doing what would be one tip thing guideline Mm -hmm. that you are operating in obviously there's maturity but even yeah you're testing how do you is there something just to say because it the the quick is the 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 thought is oh let's we don't want to get off the, the rails right and there is something that we want some order that's right and so just how do you think about that in a, in a group? This is different than a home church. Mm-hmm. Ten people, we all know each other, yeah. but when, when a room, what, what are you processing? And, and just being biblical, but also open to the, the movement of the Spirit. Right. Yeah, we never want to do anything unbiblical. Right. We see, though, examples like Paul. We talked about in another session, moving from going to... Um, yes. up to Bithynia, over to Macedonia. Okay. There's shift by the spirit of Jesus resisted him is one phrase. The spirit was, a, you know, was speaking. He had a dream. They had a dream. It was multiple manifestations that led to, that were not like on paper, <laughs> of yeah. the leading of the spirit. So basically this is the leading of the spirit. And so the same dynamics that are happening there in a service yeah. that's a little interesting at a sociological level are the same for when I'm just walking through okay. my day on Monday and Tuesday. Am I learning to walk by the spirit? And I want to say, I think that's one of those words that's used, but not explained very well and modeled very well. It's dy- it's the core of our Christian life. How do I keep in step with the Spirit, be led by the Spirit? Well, it comes from a couple dynamics, if I can mention that were operating for me there, is that number one, I've spent time with and familiar with the Holy Spirit. I'm not having to go by what I feel. 
I've spent time in lots of prayer. Now, you don't have to, how many prayer meetings? That's not the point. Somebody could do this freshly born again. Right. Right. But I knew the spirit enough to know when he's moving. And why that's important is because I've also spent some time, Hebrews 4.12 talks about the word of the yes. Lord dividing soul and spirit. I don't stop being a soul, mind, one emotions, but I'm not sourcing from there. And I somewhat know the difference between that. My not feeling like I could preach that sermon or moving down off the platform or over toward that one person yeah. among yeah. a few hundred people, I... That, that clearly was not my mind or emotions. I, the Spirit was leading me by His peace and presence, the sense of life. I don't know how to say that, but there's a sense of death. That doesn't mean like dying. I don't mean it like that. But a sense of emptiness that can kind of like, oh, I'm out of step here. Or a sense of fullness and life that really comes with that joy and peace that are kind of a barometer for me of how I'm sensing where I'm moving and going. Yeah. Now, all that sounds a little mystical, but if you think about it, we're talking about an invisible God yeah. who's put the third person of Yahweh, the Spirit, right. in me. Right. And he is the greatest missionary on the planet, greatest prayer, loves everybody in that room. He's in us. And so we need, I think, more and more ministers and missionaries and saints and shepherds alike who are being led by the Holy Spirit and can actually talk that out and model it in front of us. Yep, so it's something we're, we're learning. We're all growing That's in right. it. That's right. It's fun, but I, it is the fun part. So we're here. We're going to be done. So we're actually practice okay. some lab time for the podcast. We've okay. never done this before. We're actually going to wait on the Lord. And um, just thought we're going to sit here a little bit. Mm. And let's just see if the Lord would give you anything. I just thought, Sam, again, total sonship. Mm. Just any a, a phrase of encouragement, something you want to pray out. But we can be in sonship here, can't we? Mm -hmm. And we're just going to listen a little bit. And while you're talking right now, I just want to tell everybody that are watching, I'm, I can do that while you're talking yeah. still. Um, we, we can pause and pray, but I, I can, I'm engaging. Yeah. I'm listening to you with my ears. I'm processing mine, but I'm also uh, with my inner man listening. Um, I had a sense you might do this earlier and, okay. and have been listening and am listening even now. Um, yeah, is there anywhere you want to go? You want to listen a little bit or you feel there's some mm -hmm. things that you're sensing? For mm -hmm. our hearers, anybody? Yeah. I, I just think God, what I feel faith for in my heart is um, a, an encouragement and a, and a prayer moment for people that have felt stuck in a performance kind of Christianity. Um, and, and, and that can come from the sincerest place. It comes from a place that really wants, I, when I say performance things sound like it's a really bad thing, I don't mean that. I mean people that want to do well, want to please God, want to please those that are around them. People maybe in pulpits or whatever that are listening that are thinking more about how it goes well. And I just want to say that I think the main goal should not be that things go well. Huh. I, want to I think that there needs to be a default shift. Our default is often that it goes well, and um, I don't think that's the deal. I think the deal is, is that it goes in the will of God, that I'm in the will of God, that I'm in the Father's heart. And I think there's some people that are caught in the way they think about life, holiness, relationship, ministry, is in the framework of a set of principles that can happen. And it ends up being bondage because it takes a little bit of willingness to risk and look silly to step out by faith. Now, 
you said a good phrase. We don't want people going off rails and, oh, we're always looking for spontaneous moments that are shocking. You know, that's not the point. That right. that night was unusual for people. Right. And there's funness actually in that. But we don't want to, that's not our goal either. Our goal is that we're staying in step with the Father so that there's virtue and stuff. So I just want to pray over strongholds that have locked people okay. into a place where they won't take risk to step out because of the fear of failure yeah. and the fear of not performing well in a system. Yeah, let's pray. That's really good. I think that just fits. That's a great way to end yeah. this kind of two-part as we're talking about moving from religious performance slavery into sonship. May right. it be in the church in Wichita. Amen. That's let's right. Pray, so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I do pray with in my heart, I, I feel your heart of wanting your people to be set free to walk as your son walked, um, to do John 5, 19, to only do what they see their father doing. John 8, only say what they hear their father saying. Lord, I pray you set shepherd and saint alike free that they could walk in the abiding life, that they literally would have a growing awareness and sensitivity to your presence within them. You're always there. It's not about whether you're there. It's about our sensitivity to that. And just like we have to learn English or learn a language in another country, so we've got to learn that language of the Spirit, how to move with you. So I pray that you set them free from the blockages, the religious blockages at times that even are in, rooted in sincerity to do things well, to do things neatly. I just pray not for a commitment to be sloppy, but for a commitment to do what the Father's doing. I pray for grace, a hunger to have grown as we talked about this, and then now teach them in your school, the Spirit, how to respond to your leading. Break again off of them bondages and traps, uh, chains. I just have a sense of handcuffs on people to, to, to where they're just doing the same thing over and over. I pray, set them free to be with their father, to walk in sonship, to respond to the leading of the spirit, to be okay when they make a mistake, to immediately adjust and get right back where they need to be. And so, Father, I thank you that you're ministering to people and setting them free for your glory's sake. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, so amen. here's my, my thought. Let's end here. Um, I just felt like the Lord said there there might be people as they just feel like they're in a rut. Yeah. Okay? Yep. So if you're in a rut with your Bible reading yes. and your prayer, mm -hmm. and I want to start fresh, I want I want to just participate with the Lord in sonship. What I'm I'm here. How would you just help a disciple? Well, that disciple probably only knows the basic area of its Bible. I wonder if a disciple like that has ever paused and just asked, Holy Spirit. I'm going to wait on you right now. Would you put a book of the Bible, a story of the Bible on my heart right now and intentionally wait for him to do that? If you feel silence, don't feel condemnation and didn't feel leading. I would then advise you to go to some places that have this more exaggerated. It's all over your Bible, but read the Gospel of John. Read John slowly and watch Jesus in his ministry. Read the book of Acts and watch the apostles as they respond to the Holy Spirit. Watch some models of how they do that um, would be my advice. I, would, I, I just think often people are not even asking about their time in the secret place. They just bow in. Here's what I think would be good for me, good for my soul. That's so what my schedule says to read. That's what I'm going to do. And, I, and I'm just saying, even if I've done this before where I'm reading through the Bible in a year, that's a great thing to do. But if you're feeling empty and death doing that, don't always think it's just because of laziness. <laughs> Maybe yeah. the Spirit is trying to say, I, he said to me so many times, I've been in the middle of praying good prayers, I thought, and I felt the Lord tap <laughs> me and go, shh, yeah. could you be quiet right now? And I go, 
Lord, I'm praying to you. Yeah, I know. You're praying to me, but you're not praying with me. And I want to show you something better. So I get silent, wait, and then he'd lead me out in my prayer or in my Bible reading. So I'm going to encourage you, if you're listening or watching in the comments, again, especially on Facebook or YouTube, and you've listened to this, hey, if you feel like you're in a rut, share it with us. We'd love to be praying with you. Come talk with us, message us. But I'd love if somebody to, to take this, uh, I don't know if it's a challenge, but it's a practice. Yes. Practicing the presence That's right. with the word, listening and waiting. I'm going to commit to it. I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. I'm going to, I'm going to try it. And, and um, I'm asking you to do it more than one yes, time. Yes, do it. Do it five, ten times. Don't say, I did it once, I didn't hear it. work. Take a little time. And then let's see. And we just would love to hear if this is helpful for you. Um, yeah, especially as we wind down the year. I don't know when you'll be hearing this, if it'll be yet before Christmas. Um, but yeah, listen, Lord, I, I challenged our house church last night to um, listen to fresh phrases and just be intentional to wait on the Lord. It's good. Listen to phrases and scriptures he's saying. Mm. So let's see what happens with that. Well, Matthew, you, I just want to say before we end too, you've just been a, such a great example of walking in the sunshine. Yep. I mean, you always kind of, right. measures had a value. You also were in some other stuff, yes. they kind of whatever, but you're you're just zealous to me. Right. You're passionate about walking in this, training people in it, and you're just doing such a great, great and job. And let me, I actually say, I'm give a quick testimony of that. We've got like a couple legal minutes. We yeah, say, there we go. Great. But uh, um, yeah, so you modeled that to me. I've been preaching in Hillsboro. First two weeks, great life on my sermon. All week, there'd be times of dryness, but I, I knew the Lord. There was a fire yeah. in the sermon, anointing on what it was. I knew I was supposed to preach on prayer and authority um, all day Friday and Saturday. I actually wrote the sermon after we talked. Um, it was not what I was supposed to preach. I probably knew that if I was honest, but I just <laughs> kept waiting. But um, something interesting happened. Some sin entered my heart. Mm. I wasn't actually fully aware of it. Mm. Um, I was fasting, so I was doing some detoxing, I think. But I mean, I was grumpy. I was grouchy. Um, Subtle. Family's noticing it. For sure, Angie. Okay, we go to do the deal Saturday. um, All day struggling. You know, again, you're thinking, I need to preach. Um, Not stressed, but thinking, wow, I'm not feeling like I'd go to equip. I watch you do it. I'm on the way home thinking, okay, this is probably gonna be the first time it happens. I've never had to shift a sermon like that. Um, the story of Jehoshaphat came in. Mm. So I get home, I'm wrestling. Angie and I were not um, in, in, at peace. Um, but again, I, I wasn't quick to recognize, hey, I need to go first. It's 9.30 and the Holy Spirit whispers in my heart, go to submit to your wife to have her pray for you. Wow. He didn't say go repent, hmm. go have her spent pray. So like, well, I can have, okay, I'll have Angie pray for me. And I do, but I realize, oh, if I'm gonna have her pray, I've been kind of mean, haven't I? <laughs> and I, I had to, to repent. No, I get four in, she says, is there anything else? That's awesome. <laughs> and so anyways, bottom line, I do that. And then, yeah, we ended up cleaning the house, hmm. getting ready. I wake up six o'clock in the morning and two hours, the Lord gave me a message. So Amazing. fresh from the story of Jehoshaphat, and, and preach, and so that was sonship. That's so. But funny. I had to repent of some sin. Yes. Where I had gotten out of it a little yeah. bit, and I didn't recognize it. There's a slippery, I don't know, a slippery slope. But anyway, so it was fun That's to so notice highlights. that. It highlights the point that the relationship with Him is more important than the work for it Him. It sure is. And it's really calibrated. There's not a chicken egg argument over no. this. <laughs> We've got to get that right, and then this flows. Yep. So it's fun, fun to model that out. Great.